Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Sim Sundays podcast. If you've ever raced uh, F1, you will know who our guest is this week. Uh, Adam Sanderson, uh, known to F1 gamers as Devin Butler, joins us for this week's episode. And it's an interesting one. It's a different type of guest that we've not had before. We've never had a, a sim racing actor, probably because there, there aren't really that many of them. And we kind of discussed that during the episode. So enjoy. Adam Sanderson. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. I'm doing very, very well. I've got massive deja vu and almost PTSD because this is the <laughs> seventh time that we have started this podcast. But tech yeah. is working. We had the same problem with Jorrit. It's been a shambles, quite frankly, over at Sim Sundays HQ. But you're here now. How are you doing? <laughs> I am doing very, very well. How are you? Good, good. Relieved relieved that everything yeah. is going now i'm glad to be back again <laughs> <laughs> yeah previous guest of the show uh nobody heard the episode uh, adam sanderson is back with yes. us now <laughs> so yeah adam you yeah. are an icon in the sim racing world we're going to dive straight into this you you to to to, to the... I, I appreciate that i don't feel it but i appreciate it <laughs> the funny thing is like your response has become more humble every time i've started the podcast with i'm always humble <laughs> <laughs> at first you're like yeah and and what i am yeah, i am right. an icon yeah, yeah, yeah. um so for yeah. those <laughs> who don't know tell us who devon butler is who Devon Butler yeah, we're is? We're going to start Ooh. there. We're going to start there. We're going to start with the context of why okay. our audience already knows you without knowing that they know you. Okay, so Devon Butler first introduced in 2019 in the F1 games. Um, he is a egotistical, fantastic Formula One now driver. He started his journey. Well, we joined him on his journey in Formula Two. At first, we didn't know anything about his father, Davidoff Butler, or his, or uh, it's, it's long enough now, I can talk about yeah. it, or his sister. Um, but yeah, in 2019, him and Lucas Weber, head to head, you're in that fight. And then 21, breaking point one starts. That's when the proper, proper story mode begins. And then, yeah, this last latest release, F123, we follow Devon Butler through his journey intermittently. Um, Again, I don't really want to give away too much of the story mm. what happens there because I know it's been a while since the game got released and stuff, but it's always it's always annoying when I'm watching things online and stuff gets spoiled from TV shows. I'm like, I'm, I'm meaning to get around to watching that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I can give teasers the fact that, that my sister is in this next one. Not my real-life sister, my acting sister. Um, but yeah, that's that, in essence, that's what it is. An egotistical, fantastic Formula One driver. And it's, and it's a great storyline. I can't think of many mm. racing games that have such a compelling storyline. I was, I was racking my brains before, yeah. uh, before this podcast episode. And, you know, I played a lot of racing games. And I was trying to think, you know, what storylines can I remember? And Gran Turismo yeah. have kind of had some kind of wishy-washy sort of characters that you it's kind of, but it's not the, the same. same. And then yeah. I was thinking... Need for Speed 2 Underground. There was a bit of a storyline okay, there, yeah. but it was all it was 2D. It was almost like comic book-esque. Mm. Um, and again, mm. because of that, it wasn't as as gripping and you weren't on track with them. So sure. you weren't as... You didn't care as much, basically. So I, <laughs> I would kind of argue that this is, this is perhaps one of the only characters in sim racing. Yeah. I guess I was going to say there are other games out there, such as you got the uh, uh, Alex Hunter from FIFA, and you've got obviously the mm. Call of Duty games and stuff. But in sim racing, I can't, yeah, I can't I guess think you're right. of any other yeah. characters that that, that no. people would would you, you'd say their name, you'd be like, oh yeah, of course, from you know yeah. Project Cars or whatever. Because a lot yeah, of racing yeah. games are purely just about racing, which is why multiplayer is mm. so important. Because if you're racing single player against bots, there's no kind of emotional attachment because there's no character associated to them. So you play online, mm. perhaps in a league, and you race against the same people every single week, and those storylines start to take place. So you have to create your own story layer over the top of sim racing. Now, the yeah. F1 True. game is the only one that has said, right, well, if you want to play on your own, don't worry, we'll create characters for you, we'll create storyline for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you're, I think you've hit it on the head there. I, I, whilst you were speaking, I was trying to think about any other, like if there's like a Need for Speed mm. character that I've forgotten about, but I don't think there is. 
it, we're in this phase where quite a lot of actors are delving into the video game space. Like I, I say this example all the time. Like you got Remy Malik, mm. for example. He, one of his earliest biggest breaks was from that horror game that I keep forgetting the name of. Um, but it, it's becoming it's becoming almost like a, a sought after job time mm. for actors nowadays. And now I just got very very lucky and sort of fell into it. But um, I, w- I wouldn't change it for the Perfect world. Perfect segue. Perfect segue. So we have a lot of types of guests on this program. Uh, program? Sure. Podcast. 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 Po- yeah, pro- program sounds weird. Brush over it. On this podcast, <laughs> often we have um, esports drivers, we have YouTubers, we have people from the game studios themselves, and then we have people from mm. the manufacturers. You are the first actor that we've had uh, on on on, okay. the, on the podcast, which is I'll take that mantle, yeah, thank you. Which is there's a trophy on its on its way, and uh, the, the exciting <laughs> thing is that I got to do my research for this episode on IMDb, which made me feel very uh, journalistic. I was like, oh god, it's getting proper <laughs> now. I have to do research. I have to make notes. It's 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 been really yeah. enjoyable. So, in your own words, tell us about the sure. journey from you know young Adam to. To, to where you are now in your kind of acting career how how did it happen sure. and and interestingly how did you end up in gaming okay well first off he's mentioned there about imdb um now to be honest with you i've been a bit slack i haven't really updated my imdb much to be honest i need to put more of my credits on there but i'll get mm. around to that eventually um okay so my acting career so oh, where's it start i guess Okay, so my sister um, used to go to a performing arts school outside of her regular regular school hours. I uh, did like musical theatre and, and drama and dance and stuff. And I was like, you know what, I want to give it a go. So I started with the street dance, started with the musical theatre, and then it sort of progressed into me doing more dance and the odd drama class here or there. But if I'm honest with you, my first career was going along the singing route. Oh. Like I was... Um, I don't really know if anyone knows, to be honest. I was in a boy band for a while. Can we find um, you on YouTube? And again, no, you can't. Oh, I bet we can't. Uh, so all that stuff. <laughs> no, I bet you can't. No, so this, um, it all started when I was at uni, uh, that kind of stuff. I auditioned for it and I got in. And they wanted to, to push through things and stuff. And it was going really well, but I went off and did my own solo thing with another company that was going to be making their own record label. What was the band thing. called? The band was called St. Boulevard. St. Boulevard. Nice. St. Okay. Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nice. The, the lads are great. Uh, I used to keep in contact with them every now and again. Not as tight as we once were mm. because we used to talk all the time, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, no. The I soon came to realize that the singing game wasn't quite for me. I'm a good singer, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not as good as you potentially need to be. And um, yeah, it's all a marketing mm. game and all stuff. But anyway, I got what, sidetracked. What, what kind, what yeah, kind of so I started. I'm in, I'm intrigued. What kind of uh, the boy was okay. it? Was it pop? Was it a pop band? It, it was a pop band. Um, I personally would have liked to have made different types of music. I like pop music, but um, I'm more interested in, in well, my voice as well when I'm singing. I've got a bit, more, a bit of a soft rock kind of mm. tone to it. So when they were doing songs that sort of uh, lent themselves to that, like we did a mashup of, well, it started on You Somebody and I sang the opening bit. I'm not going to sing for you now. <laughs> I wasn't going to. That's another time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but anyway, that was, that was like a, a little point in time and i was had dreams of being a singer on stage people singing it back to me and stuff but no the acting side of things um so i got scouted for modeling when i was 16 17 and that's where quite a lot of my love of being in front of the camera sort of came from again i wouldn't have pictured myself doing that kind of stuff i, I was scouted at a festival reading festival great festival <laughs> um and then it sort of went from there and yeah the, the acting thing sort of went hand in hand with that and i found that it was something that was getting me regular work alongside while I was at uni studying mm. history and politics. I was able to go to and from London quite a bit to be able to do these castings and these jobs, both modeling and acting. And yeah, I just fell in love with acting that way. Um, I go to classes every now and again, like acting classes, because to get into the acting game, unless you want to go to stage, you don't always need to go to like a professional acting mm. school to get a degree in it. It definitely helps, yeah. absolutely, but you don't need it. Quite a lot of directors nowadays that I've come across want that naturalistic, very, I don't know how to say it, like not untainted, mm, you not know? Not overacting. Um, not to say that it, it taints it to go to drama school, but that untouched mm. uh, element of your performance like in a way. the less conscious element where you're not considering 
technique in a way and, yeah and whatnot you're just yeah you just sort of go for it and then the director can mold you how they want to That's you know um but again it, it, it there's many ways into the industry i just sort of again fell into it fell in love with it and, and pushed on that way so so Okay, so you're um, modeling while you're at university and you're starting to get acting jobs. And you say mm. they go hand in hand. For those of us who don't understand why they might come hand sure. in hand, how, how does modeling lead to acting? Sure, okay. So obviously you get the straight-up modeling where you just do the, the clothes um, the, the clothes, uh, clothes jobs where it's like e-commerce, mm. uh, called it e-com. Um, and then some of the jobs you have to... It, it is it does turn into a performance because if you're not a good performer mm. you're not going to be a good model because you won't be able to convey exactly what the photographer or director wants right. you to convey in a That's way interesting um it. yeah no it, it, exactly a lot of, not a lot of people unless you're in the industry put them hand in hand mm. because they just assume modeling is so easy you stand in front of a camera you look the way you do and that's it but if you don't convince the people looking at those pictures or, or the photographer that you are wearing the clothes rather than the clothes wearing mm. you or be it you're modeling i don't know like a a commercial or coca-cola commercial and stuff because all those people in those coca-cola commercials they're not actors they're models mm. that can act you know that's interesting. and that's the thing that's how it goes hand in hand if you if you have the modeling aspect great you'll get some work like the e-commerce mm-hmm. stuff that they want the clothes to wear you but if you if you have that acting ability that can go hand in hand, you're going to get the bigger jobs like the commercials. And, and again, it, it just sort of spirals from there. So that's where my love for it came from. And while I was at uni as well, I was doing like the musical theater society and in a couple mm. of drama performances on stage, whilst again, uh, not doing a drama degree. Um, so yeah, again, just sort of spiraled. And then my career to get my agent and stuff, I was on a casting website called star now Honestly, the best piece of advice any fledgling actor I can I can give is get yourself in everything and anything, mm. no matter if it's no budget, high budget, student, professional, whatever. Um, I, I read a quote once from Morgan Freeman that says, "You're going to be in some terrible like projects. Just make sure you're not terrible in them, because oh, of course you just grab little bits, put them in your showreel, and then send them off to agents that way. You know, and get the jobs in that." So means. you set me up for this question: What has been the most terrible job you've done? Ooh, terrible job I've done. Oh, I'm going to have to think about that one. Uh, Is this because there's so many or because you've been lucky? I think I've been quite lucky. Okay. I was hoping there was going um, to be like really a, had... a, a range of absolutely horrific stories to pick from. No, honestly, not really. Yeah, um, like I've, I've got quite lucky. Sharknado <laughs> 7. <or anything. laughs> No, I mean, there's been before. There's been projects that I've been in that I I thought the the uh, direction and the editing wasn't up to scratch. It wasn't great. But again, like I said, you're going to be in those types of projects where the final product's not going to be what you mm. want. But as long as you keep putting yourself out there, eventually the good ones are going to outweigh the bad. Mm. You know. So I wouldn't say any horrendous projects, but I guess it sort of goes hand in hand. When I was I was living out in Milan for a bit to do modelling out there. And the uh, model apartment I was sharing with four other lads, great lads, but the uh, the house was riddled with bed bugs. Oh. Uh, so that's, that's really weird, right? Just not to completely yeah. derail the story, but I've been to uh, <laughs> Milan once, and when we arrived yeah. on the first night in an Airbnb, the the bed was riddled with bed bugs, and we had to go and stay somewhere else that night. There we go. Might be an epidemic that we don't know about. Milan, stay away from Milan. <laughs> No, it's great. I loved it there. The people that I met there and the experiences that I had, I would 100% go back. But this this apartment was just riddled. Yeah, no, <laughs> that, that doesn't sound nice. So, okay. So you're oh, at university, God. you're studying history and politics, and mm. you are modeling and now acting on the side. What, yep. uh, when you say acting, was was that mainly advertising acting? Or was it mainly kind of like clothes shoots that turned into uh acting as you said before or when did you first start get getting kind of i don't know how to describe it fiction acting if you like yeah well well first off i realized i may have misconstrued them i'm i did history and politics but it was called american studies oh okay it's just a very multidisciplinary degree that whenever i'm having that conversation with people to to cut it short i just say history Mm -hmm. and politics um but yeah no so i guess with the acting side of things during uni, most of my work was modeling and singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the acting stuff every now and again. Yeah. But again, it was, it was like you said, the, the, the shoots that the modeling shoots that sort of turn into a bit yeah. of acting here or there. Um, it was really once I've 
left uni or starting to leave uni that I started hitting it hard with doing all these random short films that I found oh, cool. on random casting websites. Um, and then, yeah, went from there, got onto Spotlight because my modeling agency was was affiliated with Spotlight. So I was able to get on there. And if you aren't aware, Spotlight is basically the uh, the most prestigious, the casting mm -hmm. website for the professional actors. You know, you have to have a certain amount of credits, have to have a certain amount of notoriety or be with a good agent that they believe and yeah. trust you to be able to get on to it. You can't just sign place. up to it. You have to be kind of invited. Yeah. You have to be vetted oh, in cool. a way. Um but yeah, so that's the majority. Modeling, singing, and a bit of acting here or there during university. And once I left, that's when the acting sort of kicked off. So tell off. us about your first short film because this 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 sounds really exciting. Like I, I've seen, I, I would love to say that I'm a, a film person. I absolutely love film. I've never managed to find yeah. the time. Well, I'm saying I've never managed to find the time. I'd love to find a lot more time to watch films. And yeah, I did go and watch Oppenheimer on Saturday, which was basically like a half. Ooh, how was oh, that? It was incredible. It was incredible. It was like a half day thing. <laughs> when you had yeah. the adverts on either side, it was like, it was, it was yeah. nuts. Um, but I mean, it, did you go and see it on, on the screen that is big enough to see it? Because obviously they filmed it in a massive I, aspect. I went and watched it at IMAX and it was in incredible nice. absolutely incredible so my Good point start. is i absolutely love film. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i love film i'd love to watch more and i have seen a few um yeah. short films and they are absolutely gripping mm. so tell us about your first short film give us a, a, a taste of what it was like um i'm trying to think about what was my first one um it was either one that was called skinny world mm -hmm. or another one that didn't make it out of the editing suite okay. that I can't, I don't think they settled on a name. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So skinny world was basically about this it's following a journey of a real person um, turned into a short film uh, setting. Basically I played the, uh, the bad boyfriend who almost triggered this uh, or triggered anorexia oh. in, in my girlfriend at the time. Uh, obviously all fiction, from my perspective, but it was based on a real person. So yeah. it's one of those things where you've got to really take care in how you portray everything and really make sure you understand every aspect of the story mm. and, and, and the real story, not just a fiction one. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a joy to be a part of because it allowed me to raise awareness to something that has affected quite a lot of people close to me. Um, but as for the other one that didn't make out of the editing suite, it was a, it was a, it was a horror that, from what I could pertain from the script involved a extra an extraterrestrial being that was haunting this girl. And I came in to say, no, it's all fine. Oh my God. No, it's not. <laughs> sort of thing. Is this, is this Mantis? <laughs> no, Mantis is my most recent short oh. film. And I'm very proud okay. of that one. That's gone on to not win to an untold amount of awards. And the, the director, Louis Gisabona is, oh, he, he's incredible. He's a mastermind. He, he chats a lot. But he, he this, if you listen to everything that he says, he's gonna mm -hmm. he's gonna make sure that every project that he's in is just incredible. And the director of photography, Jordan Stevens, is one of the best in the game. If you look at how well, just look at how it was shot and in hand in hand with the colorist. Oh, it's beautiful. It's really really good. If you haven't watched it, I I don't know if it's on streaming sites, YouTube, whatever yet, because it was going. It was doing the rounds on the festival scene. And for a while, you can't have it anywhere else other than in those festivals. Um, I'll get back to you as to where you can yeah, watch no, it. Yeah, I'm, no, uh, I'm looking but, at it uh, now. No, it, it, it looks it looks. Oh, you can, you can yeah, see so it. An, an uninvited meeting in a dusty London laundrette oh. escalates from tone-deaf flirtations to something more sinister. But when the knives are out, who is the prey and who is the victim becomes less clear. Sounds good. Ooh. Sounds really good. It's, got, it's won six good. awards and it's got one nomination. That's... Uh... Okay. Well, it... it it's been nominated for a lot more than just that. Like if you look at the poster that I posted on my Instagram, there's 10 or 15 That's different nuts. festival awards that it's been put up for. So that needs updating yeah, as well. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, this is uh, this is very cool. But yeah. Okay. So, mm. you know, when you, when you kind of turn up to your, your first few short films, sure. what's it like as a, as a new actor? Cause it sounds to me like at, at your at university, you know, you didn't study it. You didn't necessarily do lots of acting yeah. jobs. It was more modeling that turned into a bit of acting. How did yeah. you, when you get invited to your first film, when you arrive on the first day of filming, how does that feel? So whilst I've, I didn't study it or anything, I still did a, like I said, the odd drama mm. class here or there. 
Um, I tried to tailor it more towards the screen side of things, but I have done some stage. And one thing that is very, you got to be aware of is that obviously when you're on screen in front of a camera, it's uh, the details on how you act is completely different first off. So stage, you've got to be as big as you can because you've got to be able to make sure that people right mm. at the back of the auditorium can can hear and see you. But when you're on screen, you've got to keep it nice and minute. Mm. For me, I like to be as naturalistic as possible. There are many actors out there that's, that don't find that difference. And when they're on screen, they find that the directors are going, oh, this this is too big. Like you're taking up the entire frame here, not not physically, but almost like you're feeling like you're you're overacting. Mm. And that is something to be aware of. Um, however, it's a lot easier to, to rein it in than it is to, to big it up, you know. But um, going into your first short films, I mean, I went in... Obviously, going in a little bit nervous. This is the first time I've done this type of format. Um, I've done a few like music videos before um, with my act, with my more dancing, to be honest, but acting elements involved. So I sort of knew how it was going to go about, how it was going to progress. But um, I was more relying on just winging it in a in a degree that hoping that in the end it'll get saved in the mm-hmm. edit, as I always say. Yeah. But uh, no, it, it went well, um, but you're always going to have, have those butterflies and you're always going to be asking the director, what, what do you want me to do? Do you want to do it better? Do you want me to do it bigger? Do you want me to do it smaller? Mm. This accent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it, it's a learning curve, 100%. I go in, onto set nowadays with a lot more confidence because um, I've just done an untold amount of them. But um, it is just a matter of building it up building it up and you'll get it eventually. So what I find really interesting is the progression that you've made through different types of acting. And you've kind of, you've, you've kind mm. of not arrived as if this is kind of the pinnacle. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more, <laughs> more to come, but in terms of, you know, what, what we, we're here to talk to you about and your role as, as mm. Devin Butler, it's exactly the opposite of what you started. You started out as a model yeah. with a bit of acting, then you did acting on mm. screen and now you're doing, mm essentially uh what it's voice acting you're not actually physically on screen but i i understand that there is recording of you as you as you walk around so it's a it's a very yeah kind of like so there's a, there's a filter now yeah so it, it first off the beginning part of that i always knew that i wanted to get into more acting side of things but it was more the fact that i didn't have time to pursue mm. that as much as the modeling was kicking off and I was, in, I, was to be honest, I was really enjoying the modeling. Like I said, I was able to go to Milan, live out there that for a bit. Cool. I was in Stockholm for a bit, which was fun, but really expensive. Um, and it, it's taken me to places that it's been a phenomenal experience, but going to the Devon Butler side of things. So first off, Devon Butler is split between two people. Mm. So it's myself and Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Dan Benzenu. So he does the voice. I do the face. It's a very weird uh, coagulation, but it works. So originally, back in 2018, when I got the job, I was told, well, to be honest, I was first told I was going to be a garage mechanic, but that's another story. Um, and then they, for, for whatever reason, they had the voice recorded. They decided to put someone else's face, my face over the top. I don't know why. Uh, they didn't go into why. I'm not going to start guessing mm. on this. Um but yeah, so for the, like for the uh, 23 game, I did all the facial acting and they plonked it onto uh, the performance of the voice artist and then it, it is produced that That's way. incredible. It's incredible. And I so- don't know, again, I don't know why they've decided to do half and half. I've asked I've asked the voice artist, he doesn't know. Uh, so I'll leave that to Codemasters, mm. big brains over there. But yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's nuts. And how did, I mean, do you change the way you act knowing that A, it's not, it's because it's you but it's not you if that makes sense it's obviously like the video yeah. game version of you the the graphical interpretation of you and it's not even your voice so like the the, the part that yeah. you're playing is kind of like you're trying to play another person in another story <laughs> with another voice yeah. and another interpretation of your face yeah. <laughs> it yeah to be honest with you it was a bit it was a bit surreal um so i didn't actually uh I didn't really talk to Dan too much about his performance. I only heard about his performance and how he performed it because uh, he did his before I did mine. Uh, when I was up in Scotland doing the the facial capture and the face acting and stuff, mm. so I was sort of I did a, did the scene, a scene, and I realized okay, so could you let me know how Dan sort of did it so I can mm. I can 
mold my performance to it. And they said, oh, he did, he did it more like this and more like this. So I was like, okay, we did it again, retakes. And then that they were like, yeah, you know what? That's spot on. That's what, that's kind of what he did. Um, and also what they, another aspect of it that also helped mold the two together is they obviously did the texture scans. I went to, on my way to Glasgow to do the, the performance, I stopped off at Sheffield um, and did all the, all the proper scans and they had about i don't know how many cameras how many dslrs were around me a million dslrs <laughs> around million. me wow, you heard it here yeah first. capturing <laughs> yeah i know yeah <laughs> capturing all these different angles of me i'm oh, sorry doing all these different um emotions and expressions and stuff and from what i understand they're going to map them on a keyboard and if there is any gaps in performance where the mine and the voice artist's performance don't match up they sort of use those scans to fill in those gaps and fill in those blanks whether or not that's what happened or not, or whether that was just someone summarizing what they're going to do is another another story. But from looking at the performance and looking at how the face is portrayed, uh, quite a lot of it is what I've done. And I, I have actually, I set up my phone to be able to record everything during that mm. time. And I just haven't got around to editing a video and putting it out and saying, look, this is how it you was You definitely made. should. That'd be very but, uh, interesting. I should, I really should, but I also haven't got anything from Dan's perspective because mm. uh, he didn't he didn't record any of his performance, from what I understand, yeah. like on a separate camera for his own use. Um, so I'm I'm very conscious of it being one sided, but but uh, it it is what it is. That's how that's how it was made. I, I mean, it, uh, it's bizarre. So how how attached or unattached do you feel to a character who has a different voice? Oh, I feel very attached. Yeah, I mean. I'm doing so many things around the character. I'm doing promo stuff for EA mm. and, and other companies and stuff as the character. Again, I have the ability to jump into character because I have acted as the character. It's not like I've not acted as a character. I'm just using my face. This time I have acted as the character. Um, of course, as as both Dan and I have said, we would love the character to be both ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is the way it is. You know, I'd love to have full ownership, but I don't um but i do feel very attached to him as does dan um but in my, in my my perspective i feel like i'm doing well i know i'm doing more as the character for the character going forward because uh, obviously I'm, I'm doing many many things as you can see from my Instagram. yes you you seem to be all over the place as devon butler which sounds yeah. sounds like a lot of fun it, it, it does it is a lot yeah. of fun so yeah. what do you think of the you say you're attached to the character presumably you mm. could be attached to a uh you know a character who's like evil or whatever or has a who has not necessarily a particularly yeah. good um like story arc or, or whatever but how how do you feel about your character how do you feel about devon butler like do you do you do you, do you enjoy great. the character do you like the character <laughs> like how how have you yeah. when you when you've watched the progression of that character through the games like how how yeah. does that make you feel it makes me feel great end of the day what i what i say to people is Every good story has got to have a good villain, mm. right? You think of the best James Bond films. You don't pick the ones where the villains are a little bit lame. Yeah, yeah. Not that they only are, but they're, they're a little mm. lamer than, than the rest of them. Um, you think of those where it poses a good challenge and poses a good character to butt up against, you know? Although, to be honest with you, thinking about it, who is the hero of Breaking Point? Presumably, it's meant Do to be have the, one? The, the gamer, right? It's meant to be the driver. The driver, but... You you play as Aiden, mm. you play as Devon. Yeah. It, it keeps changing. Who is who is the uh, the hero? We just know that Devon is the villain and almost the the poster boy for for the for the game, as it were, because he's the one that's been in the most. He's the one that's talked about the most, and uh, he's the one who has the biggest arc. Yeah. I, would, I would argue. Um, for again, I don't want to give anything away, but his mentality does mm. shift throughout, yeah. and it's uh, it's very it's very obvious to see. Yeah. Trying to skirt around it a little bit. <laughs> no, it's very cool. And how when you go to these events as um Devin Butler and you mm. have sim racers come up to you and, and speak to you about their emotions of of yeah. Devin, like how, what's that like? Because it's it it must be slightly different. Like, for example, you know, take um take Mantis, right? If you go out and somebody recognizes mm. you from from mantis it's because they they, they, won't. they <laughs> right but if you were at say the festival for example and, and whatnot and you're oh, like fair. okay yeah. I, you know i love your character yeah, yeah, yeah. what's it like with devon because presumably devon butler has the biggest audience of any character you've played because it, it you know it's, it's millions and millions of copies sold yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. of this game 
how, how does it yeah. feel when when people come up to you and say oh my god you're Devin butler and obviously you then say i'm not i'm adam it's, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it, it is it's really nice to be honest it's, it's nice to people think oh it's just great for to get the attention sort of thing but it's not for me it's a matter of you're getting recognition for a job well done you know, people wouldn't mm. come up to you and say, oh, hi, you're Devin Butler, if they didn't like your yeah. character and didn't like the job that you've done. So it's nice. It's very rewarding. Um, but to be honest with you, I get, well, it's pretty obvious. Whenever I put the shirt mm. on, I get recognized yeah. more. <laughs> uh, and I've recently got, I don't know if I you can see, see this is a Connor Sport cap. There you are. Just I like strate- it. Strategic Product placement. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, whenever I put that on, people recognize me again. And to be honest with you, when I was walking around Silverstone or Goodwood and stuff, I've got the odds recognition here or there, but also Devin Butler doesn't have any facial hair, and uh, I do. Uh, I, I do kind of like it. It's easier to maintain. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, when when they do come up and have a chat about things and the game and just Formula One in general, because I've been a massive Formula One fan since as long as I can remember as well. So it's good to be able to just have a conversation, a fully-fledged conversation about everything mm. F1. Um, it's nice. It's, it's good recognition for a job well done. Yeah. It's very cool. Right. So let's go back now because I want to kind of go back. Now we've kind of gone, uh, we've dived into Devin Butler and and what that's like Mm. and how it's created, etc. I'm really interested about gaming in acting and how that happened. You know, was it something that you were consciously looking for? Is it something that you kind of, you're reaching out on spotlight to people that were looking for gaming characters or were you a motorsport fan that people knew? Like, how did it happen? So, well, I was, like I said, motorsport fan through and through for as long as I can remember. Like, as I've said before in other, other capacities, my earliest memories are holding a screwdriver, helping my dad with DIY while we heard Formula One on the radio. I watched it on the mm. TV sort of thing. So I'm a massive fan. Um, but in terms of how the job came about, now this is going to sound egotistical, but it's just what they said. So I was on Star Now, which is a casting site anyone can get on. It's not the spotlight. And I got a message from Codemaster saying, hey, we like your facial bone structure. Can we put you in our game? <laughs> so I was like, okay, straight fine, in. great. Uh, straight again, in with that. I like straight no in. messing about. Well, again, I didn't have to audition or anything for it, which again was making me a bit suspicious thinking, this isn't a real mm. person, is it? So I was going back and forth and then I, I had the proper emails and I had a call and stuff. Um, and then... Yeah, when I went down to the uh, to the factory, turns out, well, to, to the factory, sorry, to Codemasters HQ, so uh, turns out they were real. <laughs> That's exactly it. Back to the factory, yeah. Um, turns out it was real. Uh, but yeah, maybe I'm assuming they must have seen my previous work as an actor, as a model. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, they didn't need to go to a casting or anything. They just saw me and was like, bones. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that. I suppose that's kind of it's the, the, the double-edged sword there because there isn't much you could yeah. do to change your bones if somebody's like no. not so sure about your bones. Like, um, well, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I guess they probably wouldn't have approached me then. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. But uh, also, it's a matter of to get into modeling, you do have to have a certain bone structure. You can do as much as you want to change your physique and stuff, but if you haven't got the basic bone structure that you need to get into is. It's one of those things. It's, it's a weird a crazy game. world, isn't it? Weird game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now that you're in the gaming mm. acting world, what's been the mm. thing that has most surprised you about the gaming industry? About the gaming mm. industry? Because I'm, I'm, I'm making an assumption here that you've, you've kind of had a bit of an insight into it. You've, you've perhaps had a bit more exposure to... Yeah studios and how these stories are made etc etc i'm just interested if there's Um, anything that surprised you nothing really has terribly surprised me um so alongside all my acting and stuff i'm a producer so i already do quite a lot of back of house stuff through that means so i understand how it all works and the gaming industry is in terms of my involvement is very similar to this kind of stuff that both I've acted in and mm. produced. So no su- real surprises there. I guess I do kind of think that with movie acting and stuff, there's a lot more build up in terms of you get the actors on to do various interviews mm. and appearances and all that kind of thing. One thing that has surprised me is that EA and Codemasters haven't done as much of that as I feel like they potentially could mm. have done. I mean, the the ability is there and like as as I've shown, I've really tried to push both getting the character out there and also myself. Obviously, um, goes hand in hand. And there's there's so much 
out there that they could do with all of the characters, mm. not just Devon, with all of the characters to be able to both highlight the game and, and get more of, a, of an audience and get people more involved and almost attached to the characters and the, and the actors as a whole, you know? Um, so I guess that's, it, it's not kind of what you were asking, no, that, but do you know what this, uh, that's, an honestly, my mind is absolutely racing now because it's brought up some kind of parallels in that, you know, gaming is, more mainstream media now than something like film mm. and you, you know any national radio yeah. station whenever a new blockbuster comes out like oppenheimer or barbie for example mm. the actors you know the top five six seven eight they're actors on. they're on tour essentially around radio mm. stations morning tv shows and breakfast and news yeah. shows etc and they do interviews about what it was like what it was like on set how they played their characters what they think of their characters etc and obviously as you say that builds up a hype around the films it's yeah. interesting, actually, how that hasn't happened to gaming. And yet, gaming is definitely moving towards more story-driven experiences. If you take something like The Last oh, of yeah. Us, for example, it's gone from game yeah, to film. And there's, there's numerous examples mm. of films that have gone from film to mm. game. And so that media is becoming increasingly um, overlapped and, and, and the, yeah. the, the, the lines are, are a lot more blurred. And yet, the promotional activities don't seem to have caught up. Not at all. I mean, take Last of Us, for example. Uh, that story is one of the best mm, stories a video game has ever written. One of. And the actor that portrayed the lead role in the game did have a cameo in The Last of Us a TV show. Um, I can't remember the character's name, but he played a cameo only for one episode, uh, obviously because we have Pedro Pascal doing an amazing mm, job as the yeah. lead. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, I feel like there's, there's an opportunity there to not only boost the presence of the game but like in general if, if for their perspective for the bottom line for the budget you know you can boost sales i know obviously the uh formula one has a massive draw unto itself but i mean all the games involve formula one racing it's it's a matter of this game has something new this game has the story mode that is not seen or heard mm. you know until you play it um so yeah, that that's that's the only only surprise I can think of that I feel like there's a missed opportunity. I mean, to be honest though, on the same thread, um, recently I've I've joined uh, WTF One Talent and Mr. Tim Sylvie has been incredible in terms of doing that. It, he's getting me opportunities in front of all of these Formula One teams. Like, well, to be honest, I've got a few things in the pipeline that I can't talk about, uh, but. Is, is stuff that I feel like EA and Codemasters could have easily just picked up the phone and said to the, the manufacturers, we've got Devon. Do you want him for promo stuff? You know, it's one of those things where they, I feel like they would have been like, yeah, hell yeah. And I mean, obviously, James Brayland, um, social media manager, I believe that's his title. Sorry if I got it wrong. Has been incredible in terms of uh, helping me out with these kind of things and helping me source like the shirt to be able to go and do these appearances with etc he, he dropped off these to the hay car stand at goodwood thank you again to inviting me along to that, that was brilliant um so there is assistance there but i feel like it could have gone bigger mm. still there's still a chance there's still a chance the Yanko <laughs> yeah well, i mean well <laughs> presumably pretty much every year <laughs> right <laughs> well, well i don't well, the, the story mode doesn't happen no every year, well, well that's an interesting uh, actually. Single one and we haven't had any any conversations about whether or not it's coming back for two years mm. time would love it to so we see it's just something they're focusing on next year's game for now. Yeah, it seems to be a mode that kind that. of jumps, right? Every two. Yeah. Would love it to, but don't ask me if it's back because I don't know. <laughs> so, has this kind of foray into gaming acting done anything to persuade you to do more? Is there any, you know, is gaming acting something that you now want to really focus on, or is, or in your head, is it just another string to your bow? Well, a bit of both. It is another string to my bow. Um, and I'd love to do more video game acting because I'm a gamer through and through. Um, I've got a Twitch channel that I've recently started, mainly doing F1, but the other game here or there because at the end of the day, like I've been brought up on video games. There's a, I can almost pinpoint memories around what game I was playing mm, at that kind of yeah. time, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm a gamer through and through and love to do more video game acting. But uh, for now, it is also a string to my bow. I don't know how, because obviously sometimes when you go for, go for auditions 
for adverts and stuff, they say, oh, have you got anything conflicting with this? I don't know if a video game comes up and you go, have you had any conflicting roles? And if I say Devin Butler, if that's going to conflict mm. or not, I would love for it not it to, because I'd love to do so Maybe it was like a, maybe like a solar panels company. or <laughs> Well, no, no, no. Well, it's more the fact that within the video game sphere, so if it is for another racing game, I don't think I can do another racing game now because I'm mm. so ingrained in Devin Butler in Formula One. So if it was to be another video game character, uh, for a shooter, which I can do because I'm, I'm certified for firearms on screen. Nice. There you are. Um, <laughs> lovely stuff. Uh, but uh, for any other video game character, other than the, the sim racing stuff, 100%, I'd love to do it. Yeah, that would be right. I, I, I'm sorry. I, my, my brain paused a second there because certified for firearms on screen. Good. Tell, tell us what yeah. that involves. Well, it's a bit of a wishy-washy certification because it's more the fact that uh, agents and casting directors can see that I've done training with firearms to be able to convincingly portray that I'm using them on screen. Oh, I see. Um, gotcha. It's, it's, I mean, yes, I did get a certificate at the end of it, but it's not Is it in the something toilet? you need to be able to handle. <laughs> oh, Framed. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's not something you need to do it on screen, but it's, it's more like a, a vote of confidence from the, uh, from the training facility to say, yes, he can mm. handle it safely. Because obviously that's major major thing at the yeah, minute, yeah. and always to be honest, safely and uh, proficiently to make it seem like Convincing. he knows what he's doing. Yeah, convincing. That's, that's very one, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you you've also kind of um, planted another seed um, in my mind, which is Left, right, uh, the idea of a character in gaming moving between games. So imagine mm. if something like Assetto Corsa, the next version when it comes out imagine <laughs> if they had a campaign mode and devon butler has yeah. retired from f1 and is now doing gt3 on the road to le mans and you could kind of carry us a, a character that would story be arc. sick that would be so cool yeah, wouldn't that it? would be incredible that would be... i would love that but to be honest with you like like i said with the last of us um and almost with the the gran turismo film that's coming out I did, again, felt like there was a missed opportunity. Again, this is more for selfish mm-hmm. reasons. The Formula One uh, film with Brad Pitt getting released yep. soon. Why not have Devin Butler in that, you know? I mean... Put him in, slot him in. It's a really, really good point. Like, why yeah. on earth not? Because... I guess it's because the, the profile of it isn't as large as potentially they would need it to be. But if you look at the facts and figures, like how many games have been sold off the F123 game, I reckon there's a good shout for it. Even just a cameo, like... Oh, I could be, I could be Brad Pitt's engineer, you know. <laughs> Tell him where he's going wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be that would be, be nice. dreamy. Yeah, no, that's uh, uh, yeah. It's it does it does baffle me actually. And and the interesting thing about that is that so many people f- discover F one through gaming. I am not ashamed to say mm-hmm. that it was the F one game that got me into F one. You know, I I Ooh, nice when I was younger, when I was maybe eight, nine, or ten. Uh, we would go over mm. to my granddad's house on a Sunday and he would have the Formula One on and I was a, you know, one of those classic kids that was like, oh, this is boring, just cars going round and round in circles, <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, and then as soon as I played the game, maybe like three or four years later, I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Get it now. Now I get yeah. why this is interesting. But it took the game oh, to good. immerse myself in it enough to then mm. want to go and watch it and become a, you know, proper, proper uh, Formula One <laughs> fan. So nice. arguably, arguably, in terms of the longevity of Formula One as a concept, characters like mm. Devin Butler have more of an influence on the success of Formula One in the next few decades. Your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Drive to Survive is helping massively, yes. but I, I do see where you're coming from, 100%. I mean, to be honest, my, my favorite F1 game, though, has always been F1 2006 on the PSP. Mm, Loved nice. it. But I guess more. I guess it's more towards the fact that there were great memories attached to it. Simpler time on the mm. PSP. I was young enough to not have a care in the world, nice. but only care about the save data on my PSP. So <laughs> the memory cards. It's, uh, the memory cards. Yeah, they got the memory cards. How little they could store back in the mm. day. Oh, um, but yeah, no. So I, I guess I guess I'll take your word. Yeah. For it. Well, just 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 my 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 humble opinion. So the yeah. future. So um, you oh, are uh, very involved with the F1 content creator series, which is obviously a fantastic oh, yeah. series. And it was interesting mm. when you were saying earlier that you stream to Twitch and you think that EA Codemasters could be doing more in that sphere to get the characters together so that people could interact with them between game releases, etc. Yeah. And obviously F1 Content Great Series is a great way 
um, of doing that. Mm. But in terms of motorsport, sim racing, gaming, streaming, what what are your like plans now? Now that the the kind of you know Devon Butler has become this huge um, you know this huge icon within a sector of gaming, mm. is there part of you that is almost considering kind of you know altering your career slightly towards that way, or is the heart is your heart still set on more acting and higher profile acting maybe not yeah. f1 i mean well i'm always going to be an f1 fan for as long as i live you know um so i'm always going to be in and around that sphere and i'd love for the character to still have the same relevance year on year but uh, obviously between releases it dips mm. a bit and then when a new game comes out if devon butler comes back then it'll rise again sort of thing so peaks and troughs bit of a roller coaster um with the f1 creator series though yes i'm fully ingrained in it but i haven't done it for a few weeks simply because it's on a saturday it's very very annoying time for me um but also because the latest patch for the game made my wheel stop working uh not ideal so i haven't actually been able to do much (laughs) no it just doesn't work (laughs) a lot of tents (laughs) yeah a lot of tents so i think they released one today um because obviously we're filming this on 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 a monday when they normally have the patches out don't know if you want me to say that or not but i have we Um, we, we want everyone to believe it's sunday it's sim sunday oh i'm so sorry no yeah so tomorrow (laughs) is the is the release day uh for the for the patch and hopefully that will have sorted it um but i haven't obviously booted up yet so I'll see. We'll see if it's worked. But if not, I'm also trying to, to be honest, I'm trying to partner with a um, uh, a manufacturer to be able to do like a sponsored kind of deal to be able to work and get a wheel or a rig or something because my wheel is, is great. Mm. Don't get me wrong. It's a Thrustmaster T300 RS. Nice. That's what I started Load cell pedals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It's, it's a good wheel. But I've been racing on the Sims at both Silverstone and Goodwood. And I went to Ben Daly, Tim at Marduk's house the other day. And his rig is insane. Mm. And to be honest with you, two laps in, I was already quicker than I am on this wheel. It it sounds like I'm making excuses for performance, but it does make a a difference. difference. Like if you can feel where you're losing the grip and and everything, it makes a massive difference. And you can't really feel it too much on this Mm. one. The technology is starting to go back a little bit. And because the some of the rigs out there are insane, like the, the pedals, especially yeah. they're, the, they're the main element that gets you the time and the pedals are, are mental. But um, as for going forward, I want to still pursue the acting side of things. I want to pursue feature film stuff. That's the end right. goal. But I also want to have this Formula One string to my bow, as you said earlier. Um, I'm going to keep streaming. I want to stream more and more. I'm a partner on Twitch. I am start. I recently had new overlays nice. made to be able to make it all nice and sweet and succinct. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to push and push and see what happens. I'm still doing the producer stuff as a day job, which, again, I really, really enjoy. Um, so it all, And it all goes hand in hand so, so nicely that uh, I'm going to keep that going as long as I can as well. If acting takes off to a degree that I can't fit everything mm. in, then we'll have to reassess. Yeah. Um, but for now, while the uh, while the jobs are are consistent, but not enough to keep me mm. going in terms of, of, of money income, yeah. um, we'll see how it goes. Interesting, yeah. I, and I guess probably everybody in a in a career such as acting kind of has to make those mm. those decisions. And and having this like dual. 100% dual revenue streams lots of different things yeah. that you're exploring all at once makes a lot of sense but mm-hmm. one that i'm particularly interested in is streaming so yeah i'm going to admit now that my research for this episode did not extend to your twitch channel i apologize i will check this out Terrible i will check, the, check this out later but so people who uh, are listening to this who might watch already will know the answer to this but when you stream do you stream the devon butler storyline as you're streaming and kind of give a almost like a live reaction to your own acting so not, not yet. yet that was the plan that is the plan that does sound interesting um, it does not but I, honestly i have been so busy like last week how many days did i actually spend at home i think like two days that i spent at home and the rest of it i was either returning from somewhere or going somewhere else like last week i was up in leeds for a, a two-day advert shoot and then on the way home, because it was a long journey, because it, it ended quite late, I only got home at like 5 p.m. on Saturday, and I needed Sunday to recuperate because I've not had a day off in about, it was three and a half weeks I made up, um, which is crazy. Um, so I needed that day to just go, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so yeah i will do when i start streaming well i try to at least stream once or twice a week but when i've when i've got well i was actually going to start it last week um but then the wheel doesn't work <laughs> so uh i'm hoping to get it going this week if not next but we'll see we'll see nice. A lot of ifs or buts. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward. I will, I will 100% tune into that because it'd be really interesting to see your take on your character. Mm. That that would be interesting. It's almost yeah, yeah. like it's it would almost be like watching an actor doing like a watch along to their own film in the yeah. cinema, which isn't really a thing. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like a you know when you watch the DVD extras and it'll be like the director yeah. and a couple of people down the bottom kind of like chatting about the film yeah. as it goes. Except it would be live, which would be very, very cool. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I did that for the 21 game. I had, made a YouTube channel and I uploaded the videos there. Um, I spent way too long editing each mm. one. Like the first video was a bit pants because I didn't hadn't really had any experience editing before. Um, apart from like self-tapes where all you do is like crop the videos together and send it off. But uh, the last few videos, oh, editing on point, <laughs> but it just takes too long. I spent like 10 hours making these videos and they only ended up being like 12 minutes long. Yikes. Yeah. So it, uh, it's one of those one of those where it's, uh, if I had the time, absolutely. Or if I could find an editor that has a, a really good day rate. Well, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you want to be Adam's editor for some very interesting uh, videos, then then get in touch. I do not think you'll have any difficulty yeah, finding an aspiring sim racing streaming editor to to help you out with that, which would be a great so. project to watch. Um, Adam, yeah. thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate oh, it. And I really appreciate the seven takes we did last week. And the... <laughs> it's been really, really great. Um, if people yeah, want yeah. to follow your uh, journey and your successes, uh, where can they follow you on the internet? Beautiful. Thank you for including us. <laughs> so Instagram at Adam underscore Sanderson. And that's the same with Twitch, actually. But I guess you can also find me in Breaking Point. <sighs> that was beautiful. <laughs> All right. <Thank> you. <laughs> on that note, thanks, Adam. <laughs> Bye. Cheers, Tom. Bye bye. <laughs> so there you go. The first actor that we've had on the Sim Sundays podcast. It was really interesting chatting to Adam about his career and kind of how he got started and how he kind of fell into acting and then made his way over to to gaming. I really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you, uh, Adam, for taking the time to chat to us about your journey, uh, especially your journey as Devon Butler, the sim racing icon. Uh, thanks as always to our uh, sponsors, uh, Track Racer, uh, for sponsoring uh, this episode and the last 56 episodes. Um, and of course, if you want to uh, follow us, you can follow us, uh, the Sim Sundays podcast, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Gridfinder. Thank you very much. <laughs>